This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, General Motors gun-shy about Walkinshaw defection. Victoria's super circuit moves a step closer. Supercars return to New Zealand still in doubt. Plus, the Miami Heat. Formula One turns it on in Florida. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. Plenty to get through, so buckle up and enjoy the ride. General Motors is lying low as the fallout from Walkinshaw Andretti United's defection to Ford continues. Very few saw WAU's switch coming, including GM, which by all accounts expected the Clayton squad to stay red with the Gen 3 Camaro. Chevrolet Racing is the new motorsport brand for the company formerly known as Holden. But apart from a brief statement, it isn't commenting on losing GM's most historic team in Australian touring car racing. More to the point, there's been little information about Chevy Racing's involvement from next year. Ford Performance in the USA is invested in the development of the Gen 3 Mustang, but GM's import into the Camaro Supercars races is, well, to say the least, unclear. The buzz phrase of the announcement of Walkinshaw's shocking move to Ford was factory support. Factory backing has a different meaning these days, but clearly... Ford offered WAU more support than GM. It's a multi-year deal that was more attractive commercially and technically than anything GM proposed. And also what a mystery third manufacturer was offering. It's important to note that while the Walkinshaw Automotive Group has strong business and historical ties with GM in Australia, the WAU Supercars team is a separate entity. Without HSV, which died along with Holden, Walkinshaw Andretti United isn't directly aligned with the manufacturer. From next year, the team will have Ford backing, which, of course, in an historical context, is huge. The former Holden racing team crossing from red to blue is a big deal. So big that Ford stage managed a Trans-Pacific online media conference. The announcement featured an all-star cast from Ford global boss Jim Farley, Detroit-based Aussie executive Trevor Worthington and Blue Oval Motorsport chief Mark Rushbrook in Dearborn to WAU principals Ryan Walkinshaw and Zach Brown in Miami. Plus Ford Australia chief Andrew Burkick and WAU team boss Bruce Stewart in Melbourne. Honestly. Broadmeadows didn't go this big with the news of its return to supercars with the Mustang back in 2018. The media conference lasted 42 minutes to explain the WAU deal in, well, almost excruciating detail. That deal had been in the works for six months. It was a love fest with everyone extolling the virtues of the new racing partnership. According to Andrew Burkett, adding WAU to Ford's supercars lineup underlines the company's commitment to success. 
We want to win races. You know, we're, we're very unapologetic about that. <laughs> I can assure you. Um, we, we, we want to win. Um, but we also want to have a team and a stable that is, is super competitive. We want, to, we want to be able to push each other, and, and we think that's good. We think that that, that is healthy. Um, so we don't want to make up the numbers. Uh, what we want is teams um, that, that are super competitive but are also great partners, strong commercially, um, and really connect with their fan base. That is super important to us. Um, we've got some really loyal blue fans out there, and we, you know, we want them cheering. We want them, we want them um, going to the races. We want them uh, looking on the internet. We want them watching TV. So it's really important for us to connect with our fans. That's ultimately, that's what we do. And that's why we think motorsport is a great asset and a great vehicle to, uh, for us to connect with our consumers. Ryan Walkinshaw admitted that WAU's defection to Ford has met with a mixed reaction from the fans. You know, we're expecting it, but to be honest, the response has been a lot better than we thought. You know, you're always going to have a small minority of people that are incredibly vocal. And, um, and admittedly, it's a shock to, I think, most of the Australian motorsport and automotive community, because if you really thought about it a year ago, we probably would have been one of the teams that you would have thought would have been least likely uh, to make a switch like we've just made. Um, so I fully appreciate and have a lot, of, um, a, a lot of understanding on why a lot of the fans would find this shocking. In fact, a lot of why fans may even find this disappointing or, or even feel some anger towards it. But I think the vast majority of our fans, you know, they, they follow our team because of who we are. They follow our values. They follow our drivers. They follow the way that we go about business. And they share the same passion for wanting to go and win races. And that's what we're really here to do. You know, we're not here to come second or third. And um, if you look at supercars over the last sort of 10 years, I think there's only one championship winner in the last 10 years that wasn't a factory supported team, um, which is a good indication of why, you know, the importance of being factory supported. If you want to go and win championships, it's really, really critical to our ambitions to do that. And um, I think the vast majority of people will understand why we made the decision. You know, it's not the fact that we fell out with GM or that we don't have a great working relationship with GM or anything like that. You know, we wanted to make a change. We wanted to be a factory team. Um, you know, and we wanted to go and uh, have a partnership where we felt that we were wanted and that, you know, shared the same ambitions and goals that we did. And, uh, you know, as I said, from the very start of the discussions with Ford, uh, it was very clear that we shared those ambitions, same, shared the same values and beliefs. Um, and, you know, at the end, you know, we had several options, but this is the one that really felt right. And on it went. Bottom line, though, as team boss Bruce Stewart explained, the deal will make WAU stronger. Well, you know, clearly uh, when uh, it was uh, put out there early, a lot of um, the pressure valve was released and a lot of the more vocal fans um, ha had this say and we understand that passion. Mm -hmm. And as uh, Andrew said and Ryan said, like, passion is what makes this sport go around. Um, but equally, we're wrapped to be able to talk through the rationale behind it and, and passion comes from people, but this is also a business. Um, and our business is about winning races and championships and we need to take the ne next step. Um, so uh, we hope and expect a lot of our fans to retain and stay with us. If some can't make that leap well, uh, we understand and we thank them for their support, but we're going places. This makes us stronger and I can't reiterate that enough. This is a big step. We've, we've got the same goals. Um, we're, uh, we're taking this team to another, another level. Also, don't forget, Gen 3 will be plug and play with teams assembling a kit of parts. Walkinshaw's engine expertise, for example, will be redundant. Okay, some weeks ago, Pucked Up Plus revealed plans for a Victorian super circuit to replace Sandown. 
Well, it's moved a step closer with the announcement that the Victoria government is funding a $1.7 million study into the multi-purpose tracks location. So where will it be? What will it be? Here's Motorsport Australia Chief Executive, Eugene Rocca. Well, look, this has been a work in progress for a number of years now, so people are entitled to be a little bit sceptical, but it's the first time the government has committed $1.7 to seriously push up the agenda, uh, locating, securing the track, and then planning and designing it. I believe over the next six months leading into the election, there's every prospect that we'll have some clarity around the location. But I can say to you that the appetite is for it to be in the west of Melbourne, um, I refer to it as the, tri the golden triangle between Melbourne, Geelong and Ballarat. We've reported that Bacchus Marsh on the western fringe of Melbourne is the prime location. Is that is that a hot spot? Oh, I think it, I think um, anything that's within forty within a bracket of forty to eighty kilometres from Melbourne is is a hot spot. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's fair to say that Bacchus Marsh could very much accommodate a location. Um, for, a, for a venue, we need around about 150 to 250 odd hectares. Mm -hmm. So it's not a small piece of land. And we intend, and the intention is for this track to be more than just a circuit, but to be, as in the words of the Minister, the home of motorsport. Um, ideally, not just for Victoria, but for Australia. So um, Bacchus Marsh would certainly be in that sweet spot that I referred to between Geelong, Ballarat and Melbourne. Right. So we're talking about a showcase world-class facility. Uh, absolutely. That's the way we've pitched it to government. I mean, we've pitched it to government on the basis that it's a venue for the sport, by the sport, managed by the sport, um, and, it would meet, and it would be more than just a circuit. We're looking at uh, hopefully being a centre of excellence and an innovation park. Um, we would hope that there would be opportunities for supercars and other race teams to be based there. So we are painting a, a larger picture than the usual 3.6-kilometre track and, a pit, and, a, and the pits. Um, the, the, the minister concerned is particularly passionate about it. The government loves motorsport because of the reaction it received more recently from the Grand Prix. It understands it's in our DNA, and we've produced some champions over the years. And so we've pitched, we've pitched it to government on the basis that we need it. You build it, they will come. But let's make something. Let's build something really special that sits, that sits proudly on the world stage. And the aim would be, without preempting what the government's long-term ambition is, to be able to host international motorsport events and motorbike events. Although we all acknowledge that the best place for a Grand Prix is and should be at Albert Park. Doubts persist that supercars return to New Zealand will happen in September. A $2 million air freight bill to get the teams to Pukekohe and back is the sticking point. But Supercar's Supremo Shane Howard tells us the New Zealand round is still scheduled to happen. Yeah, at this point, at this point it's still on. Uh, we, you know, we are working towards racing in New Zealand. Um, yeah, we're working with... Uh, you know, uh, Auckland Unlimited and, and, and the government. Um, we're contracted to, to run there and we are proposing to run in New Zealand. 
we, we've, you know, we have spoken about the, uh, the freight issue, which is a global situation, the shortage of you know, the 747s that we use and, um, and the you know, cost escalation um, in being able to deliver that. Um, but we are working towards uh, running in New Zealand. We've got a massive fan base there. I think you know, the people have been starved um, uh, for, of supercars for a, you know, for a couple of years now. We've seen what the result of coming to Perth and we had such a fantastic result uh, last night and it was um, very exciting to see you know, people that were very happy, big crowd um, and uh, a fantastic event. So you know, I think New Zealand will be exactly the same. Our aim is to be there. We've got a couple of issues to work through, which we're working jointly with the government to overcome. What happens if New Zealand can't happen for whatever reason? Would you replace the event or it just be one less round? Uh, we're, not, we're not working. Uh, the option that we're working on is to be at New Zealand. Still on supercars and following the success of the V8's return to Perth, the Wanneroo track operator is looking to extend the current deal. Next year is the last of the current agreement, but the WA Sporting Car Club is keen to continue. Amid grand plans for a new international track at Wanneroo, as we detailed last week, club president Russell Sewell explains that the club is expecting a multi-year renewal. Oh, we absolutely want to keep the sporting car, the supercars here. Um, very, very good for the sport, uh, very, very good for the state of West Australia and certainly for the city of Wanneroo. Uh, the way it showcases Wanneroo puts Wanneroo on an Australian map rather than on a West Australian uh, suburban map. Uh, so, yeah, we're very much in support of it, but very much reliant upon the state government through the Tourism WA. What's the thinking at this stage about a, a renewal? One, two, three, how many years? Well, that comes down to the negotiations between supercars and the state government. Typically, the supercars will ask for a multi-year agreement. That's from our experience we've had before when we've fronted the deals. There's no you know, year by year deal. They want a uh, three, four, five year deal, which is understandable. They're investing in it in terms of its promotion from one year to the next to the next. In recent weeks, there's been a lot of conjecture about the next round of AFL broadcast rights. AFL bosses have been in America talking with streaming giants Amazon Prime and Paramount Plus. Streaming services are poised to rival Foxtel and free-to-air channels for major sports rights in Australia. It's something Supercars has to consider. The current five-year $200 million deal with Fox Sports and Seven is through 2025. So, no hurry for the V8s but the new broadcast landscape will need to be considered. Here's Supercar's Chief Executive Shane Howard on that. To be honest, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, we've got uh, two fantastic broadcast partners with uh, Seven and Fox. Um, we've got a long-term agreement with them. Um, and we will, you know, when, when, when it comes to time, the time, uh, we'll, we'll look at our options, but... Um, you know we're uh, you know we're on two amazing networks with an existing agreement, um, and that, and that's what we're working to. But of course, you've got to look to the future and watch trends. Are you taking an interest, or do you find this 
the fact that someone like the AFL is looking at discussions with streaming services, do you, you know, do you think that's significant? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, obviously, you, you, all sports watch uh, trends uh, where where things are heading and changing. You keep an open mind, but you know, we're uh, you know, we're very happy that we're on you know two of the leading networks in in, in this country. Um, we've got a strong global footprint with our our partners overseas. So yeah, we just uh, see see where it goes, but uh, just working with our, our broadcasters at the moment um, the AFL obviously uh, are investigating those sorts of things but um, you know, we're, we're, we're not we're at, at this point we're just working with our, with our broadcasters More after this short break Racing cars need racing fuel and race fuels is the best most convenient way to power through your next meeting our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend. And it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. This weekend, the Liquimoli Bathurst 12-hour returns. It's one of the world's great GT endurance races, and despite the late date and a new emphasis, the field is full of star drivers and prestige mates. So, who better to preview the race than friend of the show and race commentator extraordinaire, Richard Crail. It's a very different looking Bathurst 12 hour in 2022, and the biggest change is that this is the latest the race has ever run in the calendar. And it changes the nature of the race because we're going to see more than 90 minutes of nighttime running, we hope, on Sunday morning with the race starting at 5.15am. Usually we're in daylight savings hours, so you get 30 minutes of dusk or pre-dawn running and then the sun pops its way up over the hills. But this will be very, very different. And uh, we're looking forward to really meaningful nighttime running in the race. And the other major change is the fact that the race sort of reverts back to a little bit of its history and becoming a pro-am affair where every car in the field has to have at least one amateur or non-professional driver. So it, it probably changes the nature of the race and the way it will play out and puts a lot of emphasis on the semi-pro or amateur drivers as compared to the fully professional factory GT3 drivers and the supercar stars that we've seen for the last couple of years. So the timing means very few international stars, but the field is packed with supercar stars. So who are the hot combinations? There are a wide array of very good combinations from Grove Racing, who won the Pro-Am class the last time the 12-hour ran. They finished in the top 10 outright with Stephen Grove, Brenton Grove and Ben Barker, who they return with this year. So in this format, as a pro-am format, they're probably the team with the best form, but there are so many good combinations. The favourites, of course, Triple Eight Race Engineering. They have to be, they're one of the best teams in the business. They've got Shane Van Gisbergen driving and anytime you've got SVG in a car, you know it's going to be at the front. And Prince Jeffrey Ibrahim, who's the AM driver there, has been getting up to speed in GT racing. And every time he gets behind the wheel, he's faster. 
The other obvious combinations to watch are a group of Audi R8s, and they're going to be very tough to beat. Yasushi Hin, who's the reigning GT World Challenge champion and probably the fastest amateur driver in the country at the moment. He's got uh, young Swiss driver Ricardo Fella, who's a factory Audi ace, and Marcus Winkelhock, who's been to Bathurst eight times previously alongside him. And then Bathurstian Brad Schumacher, who is also a very quick am, has got Nathaniel Berton, the Frenchman, and Kelvin Vanderlinder, who last time out was the fastest driver at Mount Panorama. They're good to watch. And then from the AMG camp, Craft Bamboo Racing, uh, as we talk, haven't announced their driver lineup. There'll be two factory AMG drivers as part of that squad with uh, their AM driver from Macau. So they will also be very, very competitive. But I think the best thing about the field this year is that it is wide open and on talent alone, there's seven or eight combinations that look very, very strong. But when you put the pro driver in and the key will be getting to the last hour of the race, put your pro driver in and it's going to look like every Bathurst 12 hour for the last decade with the fastest drivers fighting it out. So if you stay in the lead lap, there could be 10 cars on the lead lap. And if you get to that last safety car with your pro driver in, any one of them could be a chance of winning it. The Bathurst 12 hour will be live on Fox Sports and Seven Mate with Crailsey leading the commentary. Formula One starred in Miami. Not the greatest race, but the spectacle and sheer number of celebrities really cemented Formula One's newfound popularity in the USA. With more on that and the rest of the weekend's major racing, here's Grant Rowley. Reigning World Drivers' Champion Max Verstappen defeated pole sitter and primary title rival Charles Leclerc in Formula One's first trip to Miami. In front of an A-list crowd, Verstappen took the lead on lap nine and held off a late challenge from the Ferrari driver to claim the win. Leclerc's teammate Carlos Sainz ended his run of DNFs to round out the podium. Aussie Daniel Ricciardo finished 11th, but it was eventually classified 13th after a post-race penalty dropped him two spots. Leclerc still holds a 19-point lead in the standings from Verstappen ahead of the next round at Barcelona in Spain. In a controversial finish in the latest NASCAR race at Darlington, Team Penske's Joey Logano snapped a 40-race winless streak to take victory after a final lap bump and run on William Byron. An aggravated Byron finished fifth as he labelled Logano a moron and idiot post-race. Tyler Reddick finished second from Justin Haley. The Streets of Power in France provided the opening round for this year's FIA WTCR season, where Honda's Nesta Hiralami led a 1-2 finish, with Esteban Guerri finishing ahead of Lincoln Co. veteran Ivan Muller. Hyundai's new signing, Mikhail Ascona, took the second race after his teammate Norbert Michelis collided with Honda's Atali Tassi at the start. Hiralami leads the standings by seven points from teammate Guerri, with the next stop for WTCR, the legendary Norschleife Nürburgring in Germany. Recently upgraded, the famous Spa circuit hosted its usual round of the World Endurance Championship as Toyota won outright in the hypercar driven by Mike Conway, former Formula One driver Kumi Kashibayashi, and Jose Marie Perez. That's the weekend that was in motorsport. I'm Grant Rowley, reporting for Parked Up Plus. Finally, our sponsor Race Fuels is supporting a very worthy cause at the Bathurst 12 Hour. 
fuel drums at Mount Panorama will feature the hashtag for Tilly's sake. It's to aid action against schoolyard and social media bullying of children and teenagers. Tragically, Bathurst 15 year old Tilly Rosewarn took her own life early this year as a result of peer group harassment. We should all support Race Fuel's effort to raise awareness of this very important social issue. That's it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley and a special guest on Thursday for more discussion and debate on local and international racing. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 